Good morning, Eastside family. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 22. And as we're doing that, we're going to let our children, ages 3 through 3rd grade, make their way to junior worship. It's in that direction if you're new here and you're wondering what that is. And as the children are making their way to junior worship, and as you're turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 22, I always want to remind you of an incredibly important aspect of our worship assembly, of our offering to God, of our statement to God, of where He is in our lives. That is the offering we bring each week. And so to give you many opportunities for your offering, you can mail a check to the church address. It's quite an easy thing to do. You can go online to eastsidesprings.com, find the little box there, click on Give. You can follow the easy instructions. You can go to your bank and hook up an automatic draft. You don't even have to think about it. I think it's good to think about it regularly. But if you're a person who forgets, go to your, your bank and, and set that up. But if you are with us today in person, there's a box right there on the table. You can drop off your offering there on the table. And really appreciate the incredible faithfulness that so many of you uh, express through your offering to the Lord. Speaking of those that are in person, I want to mention to those of you who are live streaming with us here in Colorado Springs or other places in our nation or our world, we are absolutely honored and delighted to have you with us today. It means a lot to us that you would take the time to be with us. Today is a really, it's a big day, it's a historic day in the history of our church family. This is the day when Bob Potberg is going to re-enlist as an elder for at least another... I meant to say retire, my bad, my, I was going to say another 30 years. And you know, the this, this service of a shepherd or an elder in the church, that is too huge to say, okay, see you Bob, thanks. No, we, we need to stop and, and honor Bob and Jamie, express our thanks to them. And then we're going to spend just a little bit of time today in Luke chapter 22 and be reminded of what it means to be a leader in the church or a leader in general. But we want to start out this morning and I just want to let Bob and Jamie share a few words with you. So let's start out. So I think uh, for my own case, what prompted me to consider being an elder was the fact that I had been through training my whole entire uh, youth uh, to lead singing, to do prayers, to do sermonettes. And, and that led me, you know, later in life to teaching classes and uh, later in life to actually being the minister on board an aircraft carrier uh, serving 27 men uh, to do church services. And then, of course, when I was at Eastside, I was uh, co-leading several life groups and the elders at the time had a need and an opening and they saw that I was already leading you know, a subset of the church. So it was kind of a natural extension for them to ask me to be an elder. The highest calling for any Christian man is to seek greater responsibilities in God's kingdom work. And what greater responsibility is there than being a shepherd for the flock? So uh, I had to say yes, because I love this church and I love the people in this church. I think life changed for me and the rest of the family that was still here at the time because of Monday nights. Uh, he missed out on you know different ball games and different things that were happening on Monday nights. We kind of got used to that after a while, just to not, you know, depend on him for Monday nights. Uh, but that, again, that's okay. But that, that was a change that we had to adjust to. Some people assume that if you're an elder's wife, that you know everything that the elders know. 
basically we know the least of what the elders know. You know, there's a lot of confidentiality that comes with this role, as it should be. And sometimes I knew some things, but most of the time I didn't. So I think dealing with the elders and their wives, there just needs to be some grace and just realize we're just people too. We have our issues too, and we have our families and different things going on, and, and we don't always know everything. So the high point for me as an elder um, occurred at a hospital. We were all at Memorial North, crowded in that uh, waiting room area with Trey McFarland and his kids. And Julie McFarland was, was in really bad shape. Um, the doctors said the sepsis had started her organs shutting down. They didn't give her a chance. But Eastside family, we were there in mass. They could not believe how many people were there. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed some more and we prayed for several days. And when Julie walked out of that hospital, the doctors were shocked, but we weren't because we knew the power of prayer and we knew that, that God answers prayer. And in a second, uh, one that I'm proud of is when Bert Nunez was in the hospital. You know, we uh, rallied around Laura and the boys and, and his extended family. And even though we didn't have the outcome we had prayed for for Bert, I was proud of our Eastside family for being there and doing what a church family and what a family does when, when, there's, when there's a need and when there's a hurt like that. And then the final one uh, that was a great honor for me was when we anointed uh, Philippe Debonnet and the elders uh, held hands with Jean-Pierre and Louise and we prayed our hearts out for that young man. And in his final hours of life, I really think that Philippe was in peace knowing that he was loved and that's, that we were praying for him. So I think the most challenging time for me personally being an elder was through these last couple of years of the pandemic. You know, there's not a playbook on, on how to lead a church family through a, a, a medical pandemic like this. And this eldership had to pray a lot, to debate a lot, to, you know, try to be led by the Holy Spirit in making the best decision for the good of all of the believers at Eastside. And we did that. And we protected our most vulnerable in our elderly population. And, and I will say, in fairness to the elders, in two and a half years of this pandemic, we have not lost our most vulnerable or our elders to the pandemic. Although the hard part for me was there were people who doubted and, and second guessed the decisions of the elders and these were not easy, easy decisions. Um, so that, that was kind of tough for me. So the best thing about being an elder for me was getting to fellowship and work with such godly men, getting to know their wives, getting to love them as my friends, getting notes of encouragement from the SOS ladies, from Tanya Cooper, from Miss Lil, from others. You know, your elders need encouragement too. Um, getting to work with such a professional staff and, and great, wonderful Christian people. And then finally for me, uh, the highlight for me often was on Sundays, getting my hug from Ginger McBride and her asking how she could pray for her elders. Uh, that's, that's what I remember as some of the great things about being an elder at Eastside. I think the most challenging thing about being an elder is having an acute awareness of how Satan is attacking those who love Christ and are trying to live godly lives. You know, we, we often would pray for marriages, we would pray for health, we would pray for addictions, we would pray for finances. 
There's just so many ways in which Satan is trying to bring down the believers. And that was hard. And I think my personal hardest aspect of being an elder, uh, because you all know that I love you all so much, and your elders love you guys so much, was to have families that maybe in some cases just chose to walk away from Esai. Um, and sometimes not even giving the elders really a, a fair chance or an answer or even a chance to, to intervene or talk with that family. You know, you wouldn't divorce yourself from your from your physical families without at least talking. So Eastside, I ask you to love your elders enough to come to them and talk to them about the things that are bothering you. Don't just walk away. That That hurts. That hurts like losing a child. Well, this is what I have learned in having this experience of being an elder's wife and an elder's family, and that is that there are so many situations in our congregation, and I think we've, maybe we've heard almost everything, I don't know, but if not, it's been close, and we've had, you know, we've had issues, we're just a normal human family too, uh, but that is to love all of them individually and pray for them all individually and as a congregation. And I think, you know, it may be good to hear this because I don't feel like we're so much in a group that only deals with their group that they have. Uh, we see everybody, whether they think we do or not, and they're all on our hearts. I think our relationship with God has deepened because of the needs that we see. I mean, when you get used to looking for needs, then you will see more needs because they've always been there. But I think if you're not looking for them, you might not see them. So I think it's just deepened our relationship with God for us to have more open eyes and ears about things that are going on and people that need help and strength and prayers. I think to encourage elders and their wives is important. And I think it would be great if they treated us like just regular people. We still need grace. We still need uh, invitations to just go do something fun. So for those who are considering being an elder at East Side, um, here's what I would say to you. First, don't be afraid. Second, don't doubt yourself because what you lack or what you may lack as an elder there's a great group of men you'll be working with and what uh, you may lack, God will provide and the strength of the eldership is the eldership itself. I would challenge you to, to uh, consider being an elder at Eastside. Um, it's a high calling, but it's a very important part of the church. I think the final words that I would have uh, for Eastside, with us stepping down and some other elders stepping up, would just be that this has been a wonderful time in our lives and that you will have a great group of people to work for or work with and that we feel like Eastside has a bright future. And for me, the final thoughts uh, for my Eastside family uh, would be this. First, know that I love you. I know that it's been an honor to be a shepherd for you. But as Jamie enter into a phase of our retirement where we're gonna be traveling, a shepherd cannot be effective if they're not with the flock. And it's for that reason that I'm stepping down. But we'll still be active and we'll still be here and we still love you. And I would leave uh, you with this final thought. God doesn't need perfect people to lead the church. He needs willing people. Thank you, Eastside. It's been a blessing.
So, you know, in, in, in many church settings, the guy who does what I do right here, and they got all kinds of titles, senior pastor, senior minister, lead pastor, lead minister. Usually, a lot of times they think of, well, this is the guy at the top. This is the guy in charge. But that's not the case with our church. And the primary reason for that is because as we as a church family seek to follow Scripture, especially in, in the aspect of biblical leadership, you see that the church is led by what's called a, a plurality of elders, a group of elders, we call them shepherds, who are all following the one who is in charge, which is Jesus. And so as you see on this screen, our church family is led right now. Well, we have eight until the end of this service uh, by these individuals on this screen. So as you, as you take a look at that picture, I just want to ask you for a minute. Do you, I mean, let's just be honest here. I mean, we are in church, right? Um, do you have a favorite elder? If, if, you were to, if you were to say, this one's my favorite one, which one would it be? Don't, don't call it out yet. Um, would you say, uh, I mean, they're all great guys, but honestly, you know, this one, this one is, this one's the best. If you were, if you were just ranking the elders from least to the greatest, which one would you say is like, okay, this would be the, the one that's the greatest. So just just to get an idea or feel for that, I'm going to go through each of the names and just by a show of hands, I want you just to indicate it. And those of you that are live streaming, I've got my phone here. You can just text me your vote. So maybe we won't do that. <laughs> if, if asking the question, that's kind of awkward. Who is the greatest? Oh, that's kind of weird. That's kind of wrong. That's exactly what happened with Jesus' disciples. They were asking that question. And so Jesus, he's just so great at, oh, this is a teachable moment. And he gives us some beautiful truths on greatness and on leadership as it relates to elders or relates to any of us. Let's look at this passage in Luke chapter 22 and verse 24. The setting, the setting is a tough setting. This is Jesus in his final hours with his disciples. This is Jesus at the time of the Last Supper. And when they just finished the supper in verse 24, a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them called themselves benefactors. But you're not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules, listen to this church, the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials and I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon. 
Satan is asked to sift you all as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And so, pulling away from this passage, who's the greatest? Who among our elders is the greatest and Jesus says okay if we're going to play that game let's not use the measuring stick that the world uses Jesus says here no don't look to the top of the ladder for the one who rules look to the bottom don't look to the front of the line look to the back of the line don't look for a a plaque or or, or a title on a door that says CEO or lead or senior. Jesus says, no, don't, don't look at who is sitting at the head of the table. But he says, take notice of the person that is there serving those at the table. Find the one who is the servant. And in the kingdom of God, there you have found greatness And then here's what's an amazing statement. I hope you noticed that I kind of slowed down when I was reading. Jesus who was and is the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one whom we'd say, okay, yeah, he is the greatest. Of himself, he says here in verse 27, I am among you as one who serves. And so what I believe to be a parallel passage of this very account in this moment is in John chapter 13 as Jesus is saying, let me show you in living demonstration exactly what I mean. And so he got up from the table, he took a bowl of water and he took a towel and he washed his disciples' feet. And following that, he said to his, he said to his disciples, What you have seen me do for you, I've I've lost the exact text here. I am among you as one who serves. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You see, leadership and greatness are found in the theme that we have sung this morning in humble service. And so, as we need to fill Bob's role and somebody step up to the plate, what we're really asking of someone or some individuals is, will you be a servant? Will you come to the bottom of the ladder? Will you come to the back of the line? Or figuratively speaking, will you take a bowl of water and a towel and will you wash the feet of others? But let's not make the mistake of thinking, okay, yeah, that thing, that all belongs to elders. This, this quality or characteristic of greatness found in service, it, it's for all of us. And so for that reason, what we've done this morning, if you picked up a bulletin, you're going to notice inside that bulletin, I meant to bring one up here to show it to you, there's an insert. And in that insert, it shows the various ministries of that church, of our church. At the table on this exit, at the table on this exit, there are more bulletins with those inserts, plus these ministry papers. It shows you tons of ways you can serve. There's no excuse. Say, well, I just don't know where I can serve. I don't know where to fit in. There are so many opportunities for you, and if there's not one that you feel comfortable with, then, then 
serve there anyway. Service isn't always comfortable. Or start that service yourself. But I want to really encourage you, if, if you're not engaged in ministry, if you're not engaged in service, that is like a fundamental way in which you grow in your faith. Take one of these home, look through it, find your place of service. And if you're a little bit confused about some of those ministries, call us at the office, call one of our shepherds here, and we'll be delighted to talk to you about that. And then there's another piece of service, and this is really a practical application of putting this passage into practice. As Laureen already mentioned, this Saturday... We're going to have a church work day. It's a day you can serve. We need a lot of you here at 8 in the morning. I know, a little bit uncomfortable getting up that early on Saturday mornings. We need a number of us here. We want you to bring your gloves, bring your rakes, bring your wheelbarrows. We need some of you that are skilled with a chainsaw to bring your chainsaw. We're going to do a lot of incredible work on these grounds just to, first of all, for the fire mitigation work, but also just to beautify our property. And we've got a neighbor who, we've got a ton of dead trees that are falling over into their property. We're going to cut those. We need a lot of work. And so we want to encourage you to, to, um, to be with us on that day. Now let me go back to this passage. That's just a couple of practical applications of how you can serve. I want you to notice something really interesting. Jesus says, let me tell you about service, and he's going through this discussion. It's found in, greatness is found not in, in being this big guy, being this guy, but being a servant. And then he directs his conversation to Peter. And I don't believe he's shifting gears. Oh yeah, by the way, I need to say something. I believe it's a flow of thought that's very important to notice as, as he's speaking here he says to Peter you're going to you're going to deny me you're going to fail me three times and we know that Peter did as a matter of fact we know later on the apostle Paul writes of how Peter this big leader how he really made a huge mistake and blundered in a big way but here's what's fascinating about that is that we know in scripture that Peter was an elder he was a shepherd in the church and some might have said, Man, you, can't, you can't have him as an elder in the church. Don't you know what he did again and then again and then again? Don't you remember what the apostle Paul said of him? I, 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 I can't be in a church with him as an elder. But look, this shows us something really important in this context. While elders are to be men of character and men of integrity, Bob said it well, they're not men of perfection. They have their blunders. They have their failures. They have, they have made their mistakes. And so if you are thinking, oh yeah, I would be interested, but I've got this hanging in my life, or I've done this, or I've done that, don't let that be an obstacle. And listen, I just want to say this. If, if you are looking for mistakes in our elders to criticize, and you know what, and that happens, you will find them just like you would with Peter. I work very closely with these shepherds, and I can tell you firsthand, they make their mistakes. But what I love about them is they're the first to tell you that. I work very closely with these shepherds, and I can tell you firsthand that you are led by humble servants who, figuratively speaking, carry a bowl of water and a towel, who are living out greatness as Jesus defines it through humble service. And this is true, certainly, 
of Bob. And I would say that I really began to notice it once Bob made a decision, and I was aware of it, that he was going to be backing down and, 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 and um, re retiring from his role as a shepherd. You would kind of think that from the day that he let the other elders know, okay, guys, here's my target date, you would kind of think that maybe Bob would become this lame duck elder and that um, he would just start kind of just coasting out. I've done my part, let some others. But he continued to serve not only with strength but it seemed to me he strengthened his role even more in his final days as an east side shepherd I will always remember Bob in our elders meetings and even the very last one uh, uh, that he was in he was still sharing with us people that he had called, people that he had talked to on Sunday, people he had talked to throughout the week, members in his life group that he was reaching out to and asking how they're doing, people that he was praying with, very pastoral and very caring. He, he finished, this is really important, he's finishing well. But Bob, it really stood out to me. We were at a re recent workshop. Maybe you remember we had this guest speaker, and he spoke about a lot of things, but there was a lot of focus on leadership and, and working with the ministry staff and elders. And you might think that Bob would have not come, because why come? You're going to be stepping down. You're going to be retiring. You know it. That's not really something you need to be a part of. But he was there. Speaking of being there, Bob's never late. He's always the first shepherd at, not yet with that picture, he's always the first, go back yet, he's always the first shepherd to um, um, to be at any particular event and while we were engaged in discussion Bob wasn't just sitting there going how long am I to endure this being a he was so engaged so involved I, I looked over at you Bob and I thought he's talking like he's still planning on being here for another 20 years or so I remember also recently when he was asked to teach on a Wednesday night, and you might have expected him to say, uh, really, you want me to be here on Wednesday night, first of all? And second of all, like, I'm really stepping down now. We need somebody else to, to step up to that role. But even in his final days, you might call them, Bob said yes to that, and he was here and he served. Now, if there is a picture, this is the picture I want to show you. If there is a picture, and you can go to that. I know I've got Richard scared now. Don't you put that picture up there. Um, if there's a picture by which I would like to ask you, or a picture by which, Bob, we will always remember you by, it's going to be this picture that you see on the screen. So a little context here. Um, there was going to be a women's retreat, and it was going to be on the weekend, and we didn't want any of, our, any of the ladies in our congregation doing child care. We wanted them in the retreat, and so we put out the word, we need some men to serve and to step up and do the child care so that the ladies can, can attend the retreat. And it makes sense. You would have understood if Bob had said, you know, it's time for me to get out of the way and let some other guys step up. I'm, I'm retiring as an elder. I, I have done so much already. But Bob, alongside with a number of our other elders that you see in that picture, were there on that day. As a matter of fact, the guy standing in the back is not an elder, but I, he'll make a good one someday. That's, that's Drew Lindsay. 
with the cap on. Bob, this is a picture. Now, now you don't maybe recognize Bob really well, so let's go to the next slide, and I'll let you see. This is Bob, and this is how I want to encourage you to remember Bob in his service as an elder. First of all, Bob, we're always going to remember your flannel shirts. That is like his main thing that he wears. It's got to be really hot. I'll always remember that. But I'm going to remember this picture of you kneeling, not only literally, but figuratively speaking, loving and caring and serving for others. This is not a selfie of, look at me and what I'm doing with the kids, everybody. I want you to see this. Bob's got his back to the camera. And I would suggest that the passage I read in Luke 22 is you're going, what does that really look like in real life? It looks like that. I think, though, if there's one thing we're always going to remember about Bob, it's his signature, I'm going to call it his signature introductory comments. Every time Bob would get up here and would, before he would say or give his pastoral prayer, he would always say, I love you, Eastside. And how long, how many times, church, have we heard him say those words? And so I think it's time for us, as his church family, to reply back to him. To Bob and Jamie, I speak on behalf of our whole church family. We love you too, very much. And we, we, we thank you for demonstrating the character of Christ to us through your service to our church family. And so we want to ask Bob and Jamie to come. We want to ask our shepherds to come. And we're going to have a special prayer over them. Well, as my greeting is welcome, uh, Eastside family. And I always refer to you as our family. Uh, I thank you for that. We have so many other prayer requests. I'm just going to ask if you would just Please look at the bulletin or look online for those prayer requests. And we as elders will be praying for every one of those also. Uh, just for Bob and Amy, uh, Jamie here, uh, Bob has made it a priority in his life to serve. He served our country as a naval aviator and continued to serve as a defense contractor. He's endured some life struggles also. He lost his first wife, but found a great faithful partner in Jamie. Bob has faithfully served our Eastside family. He has encouraged our fellow elders and Eastside members. He has made a prayer warrior at Eastside for our members. Amen. And uh, anyone that knows Bob uh, would agree with me. He is a true fisherman, pun intended, <laughs> of, uh, of Jesus. I mean, he is looking to help each one of those folks out. 
He's been an example of great faith and service to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Bob and Jamie. And we ask that you may, that they may enjoy a well-deserved retirement. They have dedicated their lives to you in service. We will miss Bob in our elders' meetings knowing that he will enjoy the world around us that you have created. We know that they will continue to serve you as members of the East Side family. May God continue to bless and protect them in their retirement. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do is after they hug and we're going to ask our shepherds to go back to the floor and we're going to have you stand and we're just going to go into a song that's not just a ritualistic closing song but it's a prayer song and our shepherds are going to be available to pray with you. Bob and Jamie are going to be as they always are in the foyer. The rest of our shepherds are going to be here. And if you need to reach out to one of our shepherds in prayer, I want to encourage you to do that. If you know somebody that needs your prayers, there's not enough shepherds to cover everyone, go to them. This is a great time to meet and to greet and to hug and to pray for, pray for one another and pray with one another. Let's, let's go continue now in this, in this prayer of song to God. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.